Hi, this is Nick Forster. This week, we're going to feature a show from our archives, our 2011 season, that once again features some great music, some great conversation, and an inspiring story about how small steps really do add up in solving big problems. And it starts right now. From the foothills of the Rocky Mountains, it's E-Town with this week's musical guests. From Brooklyn, New York, Joseph Arthur. And from North Florida, Sony recording artist, the Tedeschi Trucks Band. I'm Helen Forster. Right now, please join me in welcoming Nick Forster. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, everybody. Welcome to E-Town. We get together every week, listen to some live music, talk about the world around us. We are in for a treat. You know, it's kind of easy to talk about superlatives with different artists to load praise on people and call somebody the best or the latest or the greatest or the most uh, this or that. And it's not always either um, particularly meaningful or even true sometimes. This week, however, we have got some folks who really are at the very top of their game. Amazing players, amazing singers, writers, performers, people who are committed to giving whatever it takes to make great art, great human expression in whatever form it takes. Our first guests, two artists who achieved great success on their own, who have their own distinctive voices, and then came together both as a couple and as partners in a really remarkable band, a big band made up of friends who are aiming in the same creative direction, they make a joyful noise. I heard these guys last night in front of about 8,000 people, and they are ready to play for you guys right now. Please welcome our first guest this week, the Tedeschi Trucks Band.
man, oh man. Right. Boy, you guys sound good. Thanks. Thank you, man. What a band. It's a great band. And Susan, what a singer. Such pleasure to hear you sing. You're such a great singer. Thank you. Yeah, man, oh man. And, uh, and Derek, I think of you as a singer too. You know, the, just the way you play, particularly slide guitar, is just so much uh, expression. Uh, do you think about singing when you're playing a solo, or is it just sort of, I mean, it's probably not much different. You're just expressing what you're feeling, and it's coming out. Yeah, I think the slide is great for that, too. You can be real lyrical and vocal with it. So, And being surrounded by great singers, whether it's Susan or Mike or Mark or yeah. Greg or Warren or whoever, you're constantly hearing these inflections and melodies. And uh, so I'm ripping them all off all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Checks in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> No, you still have to have the ideas actually inside you as much as you say you're ripping them off. I mean, I think you still have to have something to say. Once you cultivate your instrument and you get it all going, you still need to be able to come up with those ideas. And you studied different things too. Didn't you study a little Indian music or did you learn, was it Sarod or something like that? Or? I set in on some classes. Uh, yeah. But, you know, he would make all the instrumentalists take the vocal classes because his whole thing was you should be singing through your instrument. Yeah. So oh, there you that go. crystallized it. Yeah, that's cool. Hey, let's talk a little bit about family. I know, Susan, we were talking before about, you know, having older brothers and uh, how they may have pushed you just a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. They used to pick on me and tell me I couldn't sing good. So uh, <laughs> I told them I was going to show them. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly there's a a wave of sibling bullying that takes, it's you know, true. takes seat across the nation as parents encourage their kids to bully their younger siblings so that they will become better, <laughs> right? It does come in With handy. With you as an example, yeah. <laughs> I went a little extreme, though. I mean, they used to tell me I couldn't play basketball, and I would try to prove them wrong there, too, even though they were about two feet taller than right. <laughs> like. There's a, a, a tune we do in our set called That Did It. It's an old Bobby Bland tune, and... When she's taking that guitar solo, that's when I can see that chip on her shoulder the right. whole time. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't no want to get in front of that. So that's one of the tunes that she's like, play a solo. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> it's all you. She will crush you yeah, if you do. It's yeah. Not, it's not fair. <laughs> and Derek, your family obviously is, you know, tied to music in so many ways, certainly through your, your uncle and, and deep into the Almond Brothers when you were a kid. Did they push you at all in a musical direction? You know, of anything, I think my parents were apprehensive because they had seen that scene. Right. And uh, when I first started playing in the late 80s, the Almond Brothers were on hiatus. It had all kind of blown up. So they weren't that excited about it in the beginning. But right. my dad was on the road with me until I was 17. And he didn't completely shield me from... He, he made sure I was aware of what was going down. So then when you see people crash and burn, you know why it happened. It's not just... Uh, in a vacuum, so right. it was good. I was uh, demystifies was, it a little bit. Maybe. It does, yeah. you know. And, and uh, I mean, especially in the circles we run in, you see a lot of people spin out of control. Right. So uh, you got to watch yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just interesting being connected to you know, just getting to know you guys a little bit over the years, being here, and also just seeing you as uh, parents, and now embarking on this new endeavor. Uh, because I get a feeling that some of the songs that you're drawn to come from, or at least are inspired by or informed by that late 60s, early 70s time period. And there is a cause around a lot of those songs, whether it's civil rights or Vietnam War or whatever the times were. And I'm just thinking about you guys as parents and musicians and whether those issues are relevant for you now. 
Yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, we come from a background where music was more than just entertainment and it was more than uh, selling yourself and some weird lifestyle. It was about your life and being honest and living and working through it and having kids and a family is a huge part of that. And we don't separate what we do as a band with our life, you know. It's, yeah. And so, you know, you have to be conscious. You have to be aware. It's a scary time to be alive. It's a scary time to have kids. So you you obviously try to do what you can to make it better. And, yeah. uh, Are there any uh, uh, causes or issues or things, concerns that you have in particular that you lend your music to, either as doing benefits or other things? You know, all the time when we get a call, if, uh, if it fits the schedule and it's the right thing, we, we try as much as we can. I can't say there's one Give or back two. And stuff, yeah. But yeah, I mean, well, we play we a lot did, of... Uh, we just played in Albuquerque, New Mexico for a foundation called New Day. And New Day actually houses uh, homeless children between 11 and 18. Yeah. And it tries to give them the essentials that they need to get on with their life, you know, because they, even as simple things like brushing your teeth every day and mm-hmm. combing your hair and how do you get a job. And so things like that are important, you know, foundations like that. And then we also work with um, back home, the St. John's River Keeper, trying to keep our waterways healthy. Oh, yeah. You know, that's a very important thing for me, you know, environmentally. So. So yeah. if everybody took care of their own backyard, you know, yeah. that would be an amazing feat in itself. We you know? try to go local when we can. Exactly. <laughs> Got to go local so, as much so as possible. So behind that big badass rock and roll facade are a couple of real softies here. <laughs> you right. can tell these guys have huge hearts. It's all the front. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I tell you what, man, I think it has to come from that place. I think, you know, to sing and play like you guys do, you have to have huge hearts. So we hear it. Cool, man. Yeah. Well, let's get back to music. Welcome back to the amazing Tedeschi Trucks Band.
Tedeschi Trucks Band, Derek Trucks and Susan Tedeschi, O'Till Burbridge and Kofi Burbridge, Tyler Greenwell, JJ Johnson, Mark Rivers, Mike Madison, Kevin Williams, Maurice Brown and Saunders Sermons. These guys are going to be back to play some more music a little later on in the show. Wow. Man, oh man, the Tedeschi Trucks Band, such a great sound. Of course, they'll be back for more later in the show, and we'll hear from Joseph Arthur coming up after a short break. Your visit to E-Town is made possible in part by the Scientific and Cultural Facilities District, or SCFD, one of the largest cultural funding mechanisms in the United States, supporting nearly 300 organizations in the greater Denver area. And by our diverse family of NPR affiliates and community stations, plus college and commercial stations, as well as our international stations and podcast subscribers worldwide. Thank you for your continued support. You're listening to E-Town.
I'm Nick Forster. You're listening to E-Town. The Tedeschi Trucks Band is going to be back later on with some more music. And coming up, great singer-songwriter, originally from Akron, Ohio, Joseph Arthur is here in the place of music. Right now, before we get back to music, every week we get to share a story with you guys that we heard about from one of our listeners. Somebody sent us uh, some information about someone in their hometown who inspired them. And uh, almost always these are stories of volunteers, people looking around and seeing an opportunity to make a dent, make a difference, help out a little bit. And these folks decide to do it. And, uh, and good things happen. We get to recognize them with something called the Achievement Award. It's made possible by the Bohemian Foundation. And here comes Helen Forrester to tell you about this week's winner. Thanks, Nick. Our story this week comes to us from listener Russell Dittmer of Johnsburg, Illinois. Russell listens to E-Town on WDCB. He's nominating his sister-in-law, who lives in Hanover, Illinois, for the award. And Nick, it's interesting. The subject of this week's story is a lot like what Susan mentioned when you were chatting with her and Derek. Our winner, Cindy Dittmer, is a stay-at-home mom who feels strongly that sharing is an important thing for her children to learn. She also wanted to help them develop a sense of service and giving to those less fortunate. When Cindy read an article about a family in another area of the country who was putting together care packages to give to children who were homeless, a light went on for her, and she knew what she and her own children could do together. She began an all-volunteer grassroots effort to help kids in her area who are in need due to poverty or homelessness, domestic abuse, or other factors. And they provide these kids with everyday items that most of us take for granted, but which mean the world to the children they're helping. Cindy's at home waiting to tell us more, so please join me now in welcoming this week's Achievement Award winner from Hanover Park, Illinois, population 38,000, Cindy Dittmer. How are you, Cindy? Hi, Nick. I'm here. Good. I'm glad you're there. Glad. Thanks for joining us. Oh, it's an honor to be here. So uh, tell us about the project that uh, you read about that first inspired you. What was that all about? There was something that I read. I believe it was in a magazine, and it was another family with a few of her children. And what they had done is they had taken backpacks, and they filled them with different um, comfort-type items and toiletries and different necessities. And what they did is they would give them to local um, homeless shelters. And this was in another state, and that was something that just kind of resonated with me because of my children and, and, you know, searching for a way to teach them how to help others. And I thought, mm, I think we can do this. Oh, cool. And then Make a Difference Day was coming up, and that, that kind of really kicked it into play, saying to myself, okay, we can do it, we can gather supplies, and then on Make a Difference Day, we'll make our first delivery. And these are things that, um, you know, we kind of all take for granted, but if kids don't have them, it can make a huge difference, right? This yes, is... it can. There's some people at different shelters that I've talked to, and they said, for example, if they don't have the school supplies on their first day that they need, they would skip class. They would not go because of embarrassment. Oh, yeah. That was something that kind of opened up my children's eyes. They were like, what? What do you mean they didn't, don't have things? Especially those that would go to different domestic abuse shelters, right. and uh, they don't have anything, just what's on their backs, and they have to go to school the next day, and... So the ladies there were telling us and my children that it really, really makes a difference for them to have those basic necessities so that yeah. they feel they belong and they're not, you know, outcasts. Right. And so you went shopping with your kids, and what did you do? How did you start this? Uh, we actually went to garage sales, and we were looking for backpacks. Um, and a lot of times when we told them what we were doing, they just gave us the backpacks. And um, I contacted different um, homeless shelters right here in our area, and I also went to different food pantry locations around, and I told them what I had, and I asked them if that was something that they could use, and uh, yeah, absolutely, the need is there. Oh, cool. And your kids got into it, Cindy? 
Yeah, all of them. <laughs> they are my backpack buddies. They've been doing this for a long time, and I couldn't have done it without them. Yeah. And so these backpacks you accumulated and you delivered, and they were filled combination of school supplies and, and personal care items, right? Personal care items, and also some comfort items. So a lot of times we would go to um, the nursing homes. They enjoyed getting involved with my young children, and, and they helped us sew little small pillows, and we put little pillows in there so that the children who receive them have something to cuddle with. Some uh, local churches and the ladies' quilting club, they made, you know, beautiful blankets, and so we throw that in there too. So something... Besides just the basic toothbrush and, and pencils. <laughs> right. And this thing has grown since you started it. Yes, it really has. I didn't expect it to take off like it did, but the community that we live in, everybody here has huge hearts, and you know they were able to help out in so many different ways, their own talents and their own gifts. Oh, cool. Uh, you know, somebody who likes to knit made hundreds of knit hats for the winter, a young girl for her birthday parties. Instead of getting gifts, she asked for donations for backpack buddies. So it's something really easy that the kids can do. And I I think it's something that they can identify with the supplies that go in there and then it goes to other children. So it's fun to see the young and the old work together to do this. And Cindy, do you have help now? You have volunteers and others who help you make all this happen? Yes, I do. I have uh, all different kinds of groups, uh, different church groups, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, businesses, uh, mom's clubs, women's clubs. And you started this when? When did this whole thing begin? In 2001. How many kids do you think have received these backpacks? Oh, my gosh. Over 6,600 kids got a backpack. Oh, wow. Yeah. In the last 10 years. That's huge. It is. Yeah. (laughs) And it's still going on. It's still going on, yes. And you said, uh, Helen mentioned your town is 38,000 people, so, mm-hmm. and uh, people are really engaged and turned on by this work, right? Uh, yeah, because the need is so great. I know it's really, really hard. Some, sometimes when I give backpacks to some of the children, the moms will come right up to me and they'll grab my hand and they'll look me in the eyes and they'll say, thank you, you really have no idea how much this means to us. It's, it's been really hard since my husband lost his job or this happened or that happened. And so I know it's making a difference and I know the need is out there. Yeah. And one of my favorite quotes is, no one made a greater mistake than he who did nothing because he could only do a little. And that's how I look at it, just one mm-hmm. little backpack at a time. And mm-hmm. I, think, I think it's making a big difference. Yeah. That's pretty good. Well, congratulations, Cindy. We're going to send you a Framed Achievement Award certificate, but really we're proud that you uh, got to share your story with us and, um, and you know, wish you good luck in the rest of your efforts. Uh, with Backpack Buddies, and and congratulations. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. That's this week's winner, the Achievement Award, Cindy Dittmer, founder of the organization called Backpack Buddies. The Achievement Award is made possible by a grant from the Bohemian Foundation, building stronger communities through the Bohemian qualities of creativity and imagination. Thanks to our nominator, Russell Dittmer of Johnsburg, Illinois. Um, we will be sending both Russell and our winner generous E-Town gift bags filled with a bounty of good stuff. And to our listeners, if you'd like to send us an award nomination, learn more about some of our more recent winners, or to listen to this entire interview again, all that and more is possible on our website, etown.org, or write us the old-fashioned way at Box 954, Boulder, Colorado, 80306. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, Cindy. Thank you, Russell, for the nominating story. Love those things. 
All right, we got more music, as I mentioned, coming up from the Tedeschi Trucks Band. And, um, you know, right now, I, I just want to tell you about our, our next guest. Every now and then, we get to meet somebody who is really full of ideas and creativity and passion, and they just make stuff all the time, and they keep going, and this creative stuff just comes out like a torrent. And our next guest is one of those people. Uh, Joe Farther grew up in Akron, Ohio. He played in bands, wrote songs, uh, made visual art in what seems like um, just about every way he could. He moved around, lived in Atlanta for a while, started making demo recordings of his songs. One of those demos landed in Peter Gabriel's hands, and next thing you know, he's recording a record on Real World Records, and he's part of the WOMAD concert tour. And Ever since that time, it's been kind of a steady rolling thing for him. He's written hundreds of songs, I bet, made uh, records for lots of labels. He's had exhibitions of his paintings in galleries and even at his own gallery in Brooklyn, New York, called the Museum of Modern Arthur. <laughs> his artwork was nominated for a Grammy. He's collaborated with Michael Stipe and Ben Harper, and in fact, it was actually Ben who first told us about him a while ago, so we're very happy to finally get to meet him and hang out a little bit. Please welcome to E-Town for his first visit, Mr. Joseph Arthur. Thank you so much. This is called Out on a Limb. like the wind at night Blowing across the land When you're searching for a friend As I'm hanging out on a limb In plain sight Time won't run away from me Like you always do Say you will tonight They can't see what we been through fading memories blame us too but that's all right without light Baby, you're still a slave I want to give you what you gave But there's nothing in your grave tonight Time won't run away from me Like you always do Say you will tonight It's alright Time won't run away from me Like you always do Hey, are you still alright? 
sometime, no matter when I wanna see you, see you again I wanna hold you just like the wind at night I'm blowing across the land When you're searching for a friend As I'm hanging out on a limb in plain sight Thank you so much. Wow, that was really cool. I like that. Thank you. Yeah, great and kind of and kind of amazing. Thanks yeah. a lot. <laughs> so, um, just a little bit of background. I learned you were born and raised in Akron. Most of us, when we f- think about Akron, which isn't often, probably. Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, think of it as maybe a uh, you know faded Rust Belt kind of town. But what was it really like for you growing up? Yeah, it was a lot like that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, um, There's a, you know, it was a dead industry town. It was the rubber capital of the world. So I always thought downtowns in cities were just like these abandoned places that you could just go and like find empty warehouses and set trash on fire and stuff like that. It was great as a kid in a way because it was this weird apocalyptic sort of place where your imagination could really flourish, you know? (laughs) <laughs> did, did you have uh, music in your life as a kid? Did you have, like, your parents encourage you to play piano or do something? Yeah. My sister is older than me, and she, there was, all of a sudden there was a piano in the house, and then all of a sudden I was forced to take piano lessons. Oh, uh, okay. And then it just became, like, this torture chamber in the corner. <laughs> but uh, something happened where I just found my imagination in it, like, outside of the lessons, just, like, writing simple songs. And once right. that connection was made, I never looked back. I yeah. was like, this is what I want to do. And I just uh, oh, cool. I told, told my parents. My parents wanted me to sell insurance. My mom sold insurance. So, oh, okay. So there's yeah. the... There's the link. There's the link. And then once you started, and so when did that revelation, that you were like 10 or 12 or whenever that happened? How old were you? Yeah, in that ballpark, yeah. I guess. And, and my said, aunt gave me the sequential circuits keyboard that was an analog synthesizer with a sequencer on it. And my cousin didn't want it, so she just gave it to me, and it had a little six-track sequencer. So... My first foray into music was just programming electronic music. And then, uh, and then you moved to Atlanta, you're working in a music store, you're making demos, you're sort of playing with your little Casio sequencer or whatever it was. Yeah. And uh, the Peter Gabriel thing, that happened. Somebody has your demo and Peter so Gabriel, and then all of a sudden he says, hey, why don't you come over and do an audition, sort of, right? Well, he, um, I was working at Clark Music, and I was working minimum wage, and I started thinking, man, I should have like made a plan B. This is really... this." <laughs> This is, you know, I was 25, I guess, and I was like, holy moly, this is real now, you know? I am. So I made a demo, and I gave it to a friend who gave it to a friend who, it just wound up in Peter Gabriel's hand, and he called me out of the blue. And uh, I went to New York and played at this place called The Fez, and I had just started being a singer-songwriter, and um, he ended up bringing Lou Reed with him, and it was just like, dude, you know? <laughs> you know? And uh, I was freaked out. I went to the bathroom and got on my knees and prayed. And I was like, uh, you know, don't let me mess this up. And, and I, I, I don't remember. It was like surreal just playing. Yeah. And, oh, then we went out to dinner and there was uh, Dolly Parton in the booth next to us. So I was like, no. You're no, sure this no, wasn't a movie? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This was like a dream. It was yeah. like I was in between Lou Reed and Peter Gabriel. And then Dolly Parton was in the booth. Yeah next to us and I was like this is really and my life's been kind of like that ever since wow wow that's sort of like uh, 
Yeah, that's really wild. <laughs> I, I, yeah, now I'm hanging with Nick and Helen, and it's crazy. You know, it's still <laughs> freaking out. Who knew? Who yeah. knew? But I, I wound up in England, and there was this thing called Recording Week, which was just all these like musicians from all over the world. Joe Strummer was there, Carl Wallinger, families from India, the Das Ball family, and Peter came out into the like. Well, I was sitting there on the grass, and he was like, "Hey, you want to come up to the studio and improvise with us?" And I was like, "Yeah, maybe I'll play bass or something." He was like, "I was thinking maybe you would write lyrics and sing." And I was like, "Are you kidding me?" This. Is... <laughs> <laughs> it's know. so funny. His label is called Real World, and you're in yeah. this like dream world. You're it was in this like, like surreal total... world. Yeah. yeah, it really was. Yeah. So. Well, and then the dream world continues, and tours, and writing, and all the stuff, and and visual art. Have you been making art? Were you making visual art back then too? Yeah. Yeah. I've never stopped doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I actually. So well, far, so good. You know, I'm yeah. getting close to the. You know, I don't want to say not the end of the ride, but I'm getting up there in yeah. the years. You know. I mean, I'm almost Third. at retirement age. 39. I don't mean that. I mean, in other words, it's worked out, you know? It's like... Right. Yeah, almost 40. Almost 40, Almost 40. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I lost the crowd. Yeah, man. Uh Uh-oh. They're, they're like, starting to throw stuff for you people in radio there. Yeah. Um, Hey, last thing. um, Before we get back to music... Could you just give us a quick tour of your rig, of your, all your gear that's down there on the floor, just to help us understand what it is you do? Sure. Because it's wild. I, they're just lots and lots of buttons and knobs and uh, stuff. That's and, what she said. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. <clears throat> so you could just enter a loop like that. So you're not even playing anymore. The guitar is, that riff is just recorded and now you're just kind of making rhythms. You've already put four musicians out of a job. back to music. We're glad you're here. Thanks for stopping by. Welcome back from Red Hook in Brooklyn, Mr. Joseph Arthur. Do some more songs. Thank you very much. But uh, considering I I have uh, uh, Nick with me and Helen, why don't you guys join me for a song? All right. That would be, uh, I can still do my... You you sure you need us? I can still use my gadgets. (laughs) 
I don't need you, but I want you. It's a, it's a, not like that. I mean, it's a healthy relationship. It's not codependent. Say what? Oh, thank you. For uh, those in Radio Land, she said, you're gorgeous, you should have a girlfriend. Just, just to clarify. Right. You can look me up on Facebook. This is about what happened the last time I had a girlfriend. It didn't go so well. This is called Gypsy Faded. what this turmoil has been about that and the rumors of who you've been screwing i'm not burying my head in the sand i say this with peace love and understanding i'm glad you're in some kind of peaceful place now but darling you are definitely the last one of us standing when you gypsy faded on us I needed to say goodbye, but you gypsy faded on us. I needed to say goodbye, but you gypsy faded on us. Guess there's always a chance of us coming back together, but that seems unlikely. In this kind of weather, I just never saw it coming So forgive me the shock of becoming a stranger Walking down my own block, I'm getting over it though You are fading from my view And soon I hope you will be gone as I have been gone for you I do however want to say that I wish you the best Past the anger of betrayal and the need to second guess When you gypsy faded on us I needed to say goodbye, but you gypsy faded on us. I needed to say goodbye, but you gypsy faded on us. I needed to say goodbye, but you gypsy faded on us.
trying to stir this all back up But leaving it vague has proved extra painful for me It's easier to deal with things like this when they're clear Whereas once I was blind, I can finally see And like that old saying goes When you let your bird fly, if she comes back to you She is really yours and free Well this time you didn't come back, so I guess you weren't mine I still love you, of course, but I let go of me That's Joseph Arthur from Brooklyn, New York. The latest CD is called The Graduation Ceremony. Joseph Arthur on guitar and vocals, great stuff. Thank you, Joseph Arthur. We will be back with more from the Tedeschi Trucks Band after a short break. Your visit to E-Town is made possible in part by our family of supporters, including Charlie and Leanne Sander, Brad Feld and Amy Batchelor, and a special thanks to Ed Littlefield Jr. for your continued support. As a reminder, for your viewing pleasure, there are over 2,000 videos on the E-Town YouTube channel, where you can also subscribe in order to stay up to date with our latest offerings. And if you're curious about E-Town's home base, E-Town Hall, our beautiful solar-powered music venue, community center, and recording studio located in downtown Boulder, Colorado, you can learn more about it on our website, etown.org. You're listening to E-Town. I'm Nick Forster. I'd like to say hello to our listeners who are hearing E-Town on stations like WDSE in Duluth, Minnesota, on WRSI in Northampton, Massachusetts, and throughout that whole southern Vermont, western Massachusetts area, and on KNAU in Flagstaff, Arizona, part of Northern Arizona University and Arizona Public Radio. As always, if you'd like some more information about any of our guests this week or want to find out what we're up to here at E-Town, lots of stuff is online at etown.org. Right now, help me welcome back to the stage the amazing Tedeschi Trucks Band. Hey, 
Tedeschi Trucks Band. Man, oh man. Derek Trucks on guitar and Susan Tedeschi on vocals and electric guitar. O'Teal Burbage on the bass, Kofi Burbage on the keyboards and flute. Tyler Greenwell on percussion, J.J. Johnson on percussion. Mark Rivers on the vocals along with Mike Madison on vocals. Kebby Williams on the sax, Maurice Brown on the trumpet, and Saunders Sermons on the trombone. The CD, which I really encourage you to check out, is called, the, called Revelator. The Tedeschi Trucks Band, folks. We got time for one more song. I want to thank everybody for being on the show. I want to thank Mr. Joseph Arthur for coming out from New York City. Our award winner, Cindy Dittmer, helping uh, kids in need with backpacks filled with stuff they really need. Thanks again to the Tedeschi Trucks Band. To Helen Forrester, E-Tones. Thanks to all of you for tuning in every week, for joining us here, the citizens, the residents of E-Town. This is definitely gonna be a sing-along. I'm Nick Forster, hope you can be with us next week right here in E-Town. distribution of E-Town is made possible by the support of E-Town's family of sponsors, this station, and listeners like you.
This is a production of E-Town. Okay, one of our most memorable shows, the Tedeschi Trucks Band, Joseph Arthur and uh, Cindy Dittmer, our award winner. Incredible bunch of music and conversation. I'm Nick Forrester. Thank you so much for listening.